Yeah. So the interesting thing we, we have in this week's parasha that uh, that Yaakov call, Yaakov calls Yosef, and he tells Yosef, "Listen, you have to promise you're going to bury me." And we see the rabbis commented that this is Chesed Shel Emet. Chesed Shel Emet is when we take care of a dead body, and the comment is basically this: It says there that why is it called Chesed Shel Emet? Because you can't get paid back. The problem is, it doesn't seem to be true. Because Yosef is promised, he's promised Shechem if he, because he's going to take care of his father. And we have a lot of, so, so he's, he's getting paid. And even, and, and if you're going to tell me that anytime we bury a dead person, we, we don't get paid back. A guy comes into the shul, he sticks his hand out, he asks you for money. You put money in his hand. Do you expect to get paid back from that guy? So is that chesed shel emet? You're not getting paid back from the guy. Who's paying you back when you give that guy money? And if you bury a guy, who's going to pay you back? So what's the difference between the mitzvah of putting money in someone's hand and the mitzvah and the mitzvah of burying someone? Now we have one time we have in the in the Torah we read already uh, a couple of months ago we read about chesed shel emet where. When, when Eliezer is going to go to get a wife for Yitzchak, mm-hmm. he says, do for my master chesed shel emet. So we have that term when he's going to get a wife. So how does chesed shel emet, where, where it seems the rabbis are saying chesed shel emet, we, we all know, you go do chesed shel emet, is burying someone. That's the, and when we bury someone, we, we don't expect any reward. It's not anything. What really is going on? What's the whole idea behind Chesed Shel Emet? We don't expect any reward from the, from, from the person to whom we've done the favor. Yes, but this, I just said the same as Tzedakah. The guy comes in, collect money. Mm-hmm. You stick a $5 bill in the guy's hand. Or you have big money. Someone passed away. Right. So my, my wife said, listen, they passed away. There's no family. We know who these people are. They can't support. Everybody come and give $1,000. They raised a million dollars in a short time. Do I expect anyone to give me the money back from those people? No. So, so is that Chesed Chilemet? You, you follow? Chesed Chilemet doesn't seem... So what is... The idea of chesed shel emet that specifically relates to burying someone. So it, it's a difficult question, but it seems this. When Rav, when Rav Yaakov Hillel was in the house, he said something interesting. He says that during the seven days that a person is sitting in mourning, he says, what happens? He says, it says that the neshama of the person who passed away is floating in the house, is, is omed, is standing above the, above the, in the house. And the way the Zohar teaches it, every single day for the week, a little part of the neshama goes to the, to the keber from the house. But what does it mean that the, the, the neshama is, is standing? The rabbis teach us that children are the legs of the parent. Children are the legs of the parent. Again, what, what does that mean? It's all related. When the, the angel of Esav is wrestling with Yaakov Avinu, and he sees he can't overcome him. Where does he try to hit him? He hits him in the thigh. Again, the legs. What's the whole idea? So, basically, we have this concept that says, Yaakov Avinu, even though the, the, the parasha starts, 
It starts Vaychi Yaakov. Yaakov lived. What's the Perasha basically about? Yaakov died. But the rabbis say, Yaakov lo met. He didn't die. What do you mean he didn't die? Then who they stick in the... Who they, who they, what are you telling me? I remember when I was eight years old, the rabbi said, no, it was a, it was a shed. The demon came to it. Well, what do you mean? Where is he? You know, he's hanging out with the Lubavitcher Rebbe. They, they're both uh, hanging out in the Eastern Parkway. So, what does it mean he didn't die? It's all related to the same thing. When a person passes away, they don't have legs anymore to continue. We talk about a malach. When we see a malach, a malach has one leg. A malach doesn't go. He stands. Maybe he could fly, but he can't go with his legs. We holech, we go. What does that mean? We're able to do mitzvot. The person who passes away, he's in a position where he can no longer do mitzvot. So how does that person go? How does that person standing in the house get legs to move? How? We have to be the legs. How do we be the legs? By doing mitzvot because of that person. So for example... You know how you say all the time we do, we're going to go, Le'ilui nishmat, my father, that you don't have to do that ever, ever, ever. Every time you do a mitzvah, it's Le'ilui nishmat, your father, it's Le'ilui nishmat, your mother. It's automatic. They had a tree, you're the fruit of the tree. And the only way that they can get to move up is when we do the mitzvot. So the idea of chesed shel emet is that I'm willing to do the chesed for the person who passed away to give them feet in order for them to continue to go. When the angel wants to hurt Yaakov, he sees, I can't overcome Yaakov. But what am I going to try to do? I'm going to try to overcome his children, his legs. And that's where the angel says, I'm going to attack. So if we allow the angel to attack and we don't become the legs of someone who goes on, then in fact they die. But if we want to say Yaakov lo met, and all of the people who preceded us, in essence, didn't die, how do they not die? If we continue and be the legs of those people and give them life. When Eliezer comes to get a wife for Yitzchak, the whole idea to get a wife for Yitzchak is in order for Yaakov to be born. Because Yaakov will give legs to his father and his grandfather before him. Every descendant gives legs to the previous generation so that the generation should continue to rise. So the idea behind Chesed Shalemet is not that I'm burying someone and I don't expect any reward. Of course I'm going to get reward. The same as I give Siddhaqah to the guy. Who's going to give me the reward? Hashem's going to give me the reward like all the mitzvot I do. But what I'm doing, when I'm doing that, when I'm doing the chesed shelemet, the essence is really that I should realize that every action I do in this world is causing an action, is causing a reaction above where that person is getting it. Now, say a person doesn't have children. Where does, the, where does it come from? So for example, imagine a person, listen, Edmund Safra built the synagogue here. His zechut, he built the synagogue. We used to, remember he used to pray on 5th Avenue and he said he's going to build a synagogue and even after he passed away, he built the synagogue. Every word of Torah that happens in this synagogue, every time someone offers a tefillah in this synagogue, a little piece of that becomes the legs that lift him. Every action I do in this world 
will cause a reaction later on. Unfortunately, it works both ways. Every action causes a reaction. You have, one, you have two more minutes? You want to? So just one thing that's very interesting. We had a king. His name was Menashe. Menashe was the longest serving king of, of, uh, of the Jewish people. But it says of Menashe, he was wicked. Terrible king. The worst king. His father was Chizkiyahu. Chizkiyahu, he never wanted to have children because he saw he's going to have such wicked children. Yeshayahu, the prophet, came to him and said that you should prepare your last will because the prayer, he's going to die. So what does he do, Chizkiyahu? He turns to the wall to pray and he agrees then he's going to have children. Some say he married Yeshayahu's daughter and he has two kids that he takes every day literally on his shoulders to learn. But then he dies 15 years later and who becomes the king? His son Menashe. And he doesn't follow in his father's ways, he goes the opposite. He brings Avodah Zarah, the dark side, the everything. And it's not like he brought the dark side to be. He saw the power of the dark side because the whole Gemara explains that when he has an argument with one of the rabbis, he says, if you would have lived in my time, you would have been running ahead of me to do Avodah Zarah. What happens though? It says he was taken captive by the king of Ashur. When he was taken captive, the king of Ashur, he threw him into a, a cauldron, like, you know, in the cartoons where they, you know, they catch the guy, they cook him alive. And the, they threw him in a cauldron to cook him alive. He turned to all his avodazara, all his black magic to save him. Nothing happened. He couldn't get saved. Finally, he says, my great-great-grandfather, David HaMelech, said, even if the sword is on your neck, you could pray to Hashem, he'll help you. He prays to Hashem, and the angels say, you can't help this guy, he's terrible. In the end, Hashem saves him. He does teshuvah. He does teshuvah completely. The problem is, when he dies, the Navi says he was the biggest rasha. But he did teshuvah. I thought if a person does teshuvah, we accept the teshuvah. The only time it says that he did teshuvah, and the teshuvah is there, is in Divrei Hayamim. When is Divrei Hayamim written? Divrei Hayamim is written at the, after the destruction of the first Ben HaMikdash. Why then are we seeing that he did Teshuvah? The problem with Menashe is he set up Avodah Zarah all through the land. Even when he himself did Teshuvah and he tried to wipe out all the Avodah Zarah that he did, there was still Avodah Zarah going on that he caused. There was a chain reaction from his Avodah Zarah. So as long as there were people worshipping Avodah Zarah because of his actions, he was considered Rasha. After the destruction of the Ben HaMikdash, the rabbis realized, we, have to, we can't deal with Avodah Zarah, we don't have a Ben HaMikdash. So it says they prayed that the, that the, the desire, the Tavaf Avodah Zarah be eliminated. I think really it is. In the time of the Ben HaMikdash, when you had real miracles in front of you every day when you had a Kohen who could hit the Urim Vetumim beep, 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 beep and God could send you the message you had to everything has to be 50-50 so Avodah Zarah had to be real if God is real then Avodah has to be Avodah Zarah has to be real or everyone would just worship Hashem you have to always have the balance once God went into hiding so to say when the Bet HaMikdash was destroyed what did we have to do? We have to also put the Avodah Zarah into hiding. But once the Ta'ava of Avodah Zarah is gone, then what happens? That's the only time you could say that Menashe did Teshuvah.
Because the actions of a person causes reactions for the good and for the bad. Our job in chesed shel emet to those who preceded us is to do good actions because every time we do a good deed, every time our children do a good deed, we give them legs to travel higher and higher and higher. And that's our job. It's not just, you know, someone said that, you know, we lost our both parents, we lose the mitzvah of kivud avahim. There's no more mitzvah. It's not true. A person could still do kivud avahim after their parent is gone by doing what? By doing mitzvot in the name of, in, in the, in, by doing mitzvot which automatically goes to the parent. I think that's the idea behind Yaakov Lomet. As long as he has children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren who are keeping up everything he did, then Yaakov, he doesn't die. In the same way, all of our ancestors, they continue to live in some way.